Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to Permission to Think. I'm Edvin Rustrian, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Thank you to all of you who week after week tune in to Permission to Think. My desire is to push our thinking, encourage you, and remind you that there is always hope, regardless how bad things get. I hope this podcast has blessed you and added value to your life. For more information, please visit erustrian.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, today is a very special day. Um, it's a day that I get the opportunity to share this wonderful platform with a beautiful, intelligent, amazing woman. Uh, this woman has literally changed my life, transformed me into the man that I am today. And I just uh, please want you to welcome my dear and lovely wife, partner in life, best friend, Betsy Rustrian. Hi, everyone. Oh, it's so wonderful to hear her voice. Um, so It's good to be here. Thank you. Um, I, I, I'm really honored that you're joining me today for so many reasons. I think that so many people get to hear me a lot of time just speak of how amazing you are. But I wanted people to hear your voice today on how your journey has been in the last 22 years of marriage and a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your background. So um, you want to share a little bit of just, you know, what comes to your heart as to your journey? Like, you know, who is Betsy Restrian? So I have been raised in church all my life. My dad is a associate pastor and my mom was a deacon uh, for many years. So I was born in church uh, and um, I had an encounter with the Lord when I was 12 and accepted the Lord then. And then I began to experience God's love throughout my teenage years. And um it has been a journey uh learning and growing in in god so yeah how um how do you think those years in in the church um prepared you have they prepared you for the journey into adulthood and womanhood and um marriage how do you think those things have your youth experiences have prepared you if if they have in some ways, yes and no. Um, I, at the time, I don't think that there was much talk about marriage and the commitment of marriage and the ups and downs in marriage. Uh, it's, it's a covenant and you make a promise before God, but it's so much more than that. And, um, Having my parents who have been married for now 52 years, um, that was that structure at home. I understood, you know, the importance of what marriage was. But I found at times a little lost in not knowing what to expect coming into, into marriage. You, you know, quite often, um, you know, you and I grew up in the church. And growing up in the church, at many times um, we witnessed some things that challenged us and challenged. I know it challenged me in many ways. It challenged you. Um, 
I think quite often we think about when people are in church that they are to live right before God. And mm-hmm. our experiences, right. we have witnessed the opposite at times. And and this is not, I think I want to make sure that we're clear that this is no um, personal attack on the church or anything for that matter. It's just that I want to speak to the human element of what happens in life, how distractions come about. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, quite often people say like, well, you know, um, if, if you're a Christian, if you're in church, then your marriage should be strong and solid. And I think that that is a misconception. I mean, did you witness anything growing up in the church, things that for you seem solid and then you turn around and it's like marriages particularly that were solid and you turn around and it's like, what happened here? What went wrong? Did any has? Did you notice yeah. that? How did, how did I, that happen? I I did notice um, there were couples that were strong, married for more than five years. Um, in different occasions, there were different couples, but at least more than five years. And then all of a sudden, yeah, they weren't together. And what happened? And I, I, I didn't know, like, I couldn't understand why, why couldn't they endure and, and fight for their marriage? Um so like no one spoke about those those questions it was just like oh they're they're not together and then that was it so you think it was almost like a a taboo kind of like to adjust i feel like you know uh, we're now in in our mid-40s right we see a different perspective we have a different lens you know growing up as a youth uh in the church that's that's kind of like that that's why i think we kind of segue in this way that our experiences as youth we notice these things but um how much of that really impacted us because we really didn't speak about it, right? We really didn't hear about it. There wasn't any preparation, any education as far as like, this is what you should expect, at least in the denomination and the culture that we were exposed to. So when you saw those things, how how did that impact you to see people that you probably esteemed greatly, right? Like mm-hmm. how, how did that impact you? Did that give you concern to like, what's gonna happen to me when I, when I get married? Did, did that raise any flags for you? Yeah, it it was scary, um, and it did, you know, question. But at the same time, there was no one to ask, like you know, in to be honest and be like, you know, what happens when when things are are hard and tough, and it just wasn't spoken mm. about. So it did. It was it was scary and surprising to to see that. Why, why do you why do you think that was the case back then? Why do you think that um, it wasn't spoken of? I mean, I guess now, like thinking back, you know, maybe the, the them themselves, the leaders, were not prepared for people who divorce and how to restore that marriage. Maybe. They didn't know how to handle those things. So then if they didn't know, then how were they able to, you know, answer questions to to why why they why a person divorces? Yeah, I think that the the challenge the challenge that comes with that too, I think that many times people hide within ministries right like people get busy and they have titles and they have positions and for the sake of appearances they keep on performing and putting an act without really addressing what goes on behind closed doors and next thing you know there comes that shocking surprise right like so you know witnessing that um 
my question is how how is it that your parents being ministers and being in ministry for so many years 52 years now being married that's unheard of that's like a whole other generation how much has that been your foundation like how much has that grounded you because i know that the church impacts us in many ways right Mm -hmm. but how much has your parents' marriage really solidified a sense? Has it solidified some sense of hope, or have you taken what do you, what have you learned or, or taken from looking at their marriage for fifty two years? What are some of the things if you can share that have really impacted you? Um. Yeah. Definitely. You know, mom and dad's. You know, being together for so long and. Um, they have such a beautiful love story in uh, meeting on a blind date and getting married six months later. That's so unheard of. Um, but they showed a lot of love. We saw that always, you know, to this day, you see it, you know, they're always um, holding hands and they, they really um, showed me that you can stand mm-hmm. and, and stay together um, through all the ups and downs and difficult times, but love. Love, right? Mm-hmm. That first Corinthians chapter 13, right? Like love mm-hmm. is kind. And um, what was a, a typical day in, in the Guerrero household growing up, right? <laughs> uh, what was that like, you know, seeing like with your two other sisters that you have and, you know, here's his dad with raising three girls. What was, what was that, that the Guerrero household like, you know, was it madness, craziness, or tell us a little bit about that. So, um, daddy worked a lot and, uh, mom was home and, uh, he would come home tired and, and, you know, we would have a meal. Sometimes we would have it together. Sometimes we didn't because, um, dad would come home late from work and, um, we were in church a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that was very important and my parents were very strict with us and, you know, when it was time to go to church, we didn't have a say and we had to go to church. How, how did you, it is very, um, very uh, different in our generation that we have that we're raising our two girls, right? Like we got to, I guess through this episode, we're speaking a lot of church culture, but back in the days, I mean, we, we felt like we lived in church, like, like, you know, Sundays mm-hmm. particularly, right? It was, you couldn't, it was, you didn't have a voice. You went or, or you went, like you were going to go somehow and you better go like well-dressed and you had to mm-hmm. be prepared, right? How much of that was good? How much do you now have shifted as a parent that you have daughters? Um, yeah, like the structure of like, you know, the importance of, of being in church, but not to the point of like all, all day in church, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday Friday. and Friday, mm-hmm. and then Saturday. Mm-hmm. And if there was a special service on Saturday, on, I'm sorry, Sunday, and then a special service on Saturday, um, no, that that was a lot. It was a lot because there were times that we were tired, we didn't want to go, and we had no choice, but we had to go. Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, um, you know, when you look at the impact, the things in your environment, in my environment, that influenced us a lot. You know, we both come from very different worlds. They're very different backgrounds. And I think the one constant that kind of brought us together was our faith in God. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, 
here we are, like I come from a very dysfunctional home. I, I come from a single parent. You come from a very well-established, you know, um, family, nucleus family. And, you know, he, here is this this meat, right? And, and you know, to be quite honest, um, you didn't want anything to do with me. Um, um, and, then, you know, I remember me telling you that, you know, one day you were going to have my child, my, my children, and you were like, never, never, never you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so for those of those guys out there, you know, just, just when you know it, you know it, even if she says never, they're going to have to end up eating their own words, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, looking back at our, at our journey in marriage, we look at the influence of the church, we look at the influence of your parents, we look at my background, and here we are, you know, we're dating, um, we didn't really have any marriage counseling. We didn't have any of these great books that we have access to now with this great wealth, right? So here's these young kids, 24 years old, trying to do life, right? And and we get engaged, we get married. What, what was your initial thought? Like, you know, here you are, like you just got married, you were on your way to your honeymoon. Like, what is what is Betsy thinking about? Like, is, like, is this the happily ever after moment? Um no, I, I, I was so happy. Um, I, I was going to share my life with my best friend. Um, and in my, in my heart and in my mind, I, I just, I just knew that, you know, we were going to be good. It was just, it was going to be a journey, you know, an adventure. But I loved it. You loved it. Yeah. yeah. I think that we've 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 definitely grown a lot. We matured a lot. And by the way, like definitely want to be clear that we're we're far from a perfect marriage, you know. But when we look back at our early days, and you know, I remember our early fights that we had, and how I was the runner, you know, I was the one that uh, I my, my way of dealing with problems with, like you know, I, I'm leaving, you know. And I remember you blocking the door not to let me out. And there were moments that I wanted to sleep yeah. in the in, in in the sofa. And, and you, no. <laughs> you were like, absolutely, absolutely. Not. Why? Why was that important to you? Like, it, because our, I looked at anything that would our room and our bedroom was so sacred and beautiful that I would not allow anything to come and divide. So even you physically being upset. And wanting to sleep in the living room, I preferred you to be upset and sleep in the bed, but you were going to be there. And the unity that we had, I didn't want anything to come and divide because I knew that that was dangerous. Because if you allow the division of sleeping in, in the living room, then it can be well, I'm going to go sleep in my friend's house or I'll go sleep at my, my mom's house. And I was not going to let that so happen. So you saw like even the smallest wedge can lead to a huge door open like Absolutely. later on. And so I, 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 I share many times that one of the things that really drew me to you in the sense of who you were as a, as a woman was that you have strong convictions. And from the very beginning, even when we were dating, you wouldn't al allow me to to speak to you in a certain way so you wouldn't allow yourself to be why 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 was that so important because how my father 
treated me, how my father spoke to me, how my father loved me, was this was the, what I expected mm. in return. So if he didn't disrespect or yell at me, then I was not gonna let anyone else, no man, to to do the same. And I, and, I, and and when we had, I remember having those fights, and I remember having those disagreements, and those moments really like made me think because no other girl that I was with, a woman that I was with, ever uh, held herself to that standard. Mm-hmm. You know, and quite often I find that women compromise for the sake of a want in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You you weren't afraid to like kick me to the curve if that was the case you were not going to allow yourself and i think that that's important for girls to know because i think that's the same message that you carry to your daughters right it's the idea of like self-respect know your worth right know your worth and that you're valued and i knew that and that was so important because i knew my worth i knew that i was loved you know by by my parents and and also by my heavenly father and that's something so important that I tell the girls, our daughters, the same. Yeah, I mean, that that is so valuable. And, and so here you are 22 years in <laughs> to this beautiful uh, relationship. Um, how do you feel? Like, where, where are you right now? And because there, there's a reason why I'm asking this question um, and where I want to take it next. But where are you right now in, in your 22-year journey, right? Like, Where's Betsy feeling right now? Um, I feel happy. I feel overjoyed. And also seeing God's faithfulness and his goodness throughout our journey, our adventure that we've had for 22 years and how strong we are, how much um, we love each other more now than we did when we were in our our youth and seeing God's hand in the center. I, I remember always saying to you that as long as the Lord is the center of our marriage, we will always stand because he, ha- he would always be in, in our midst. And I live by that and I pray over that. And I've seen God's hand and mercy and grace through our journey yeah i think that for me watching over watching you over the last two decades um one of the things that i mentioned in the previous podcast was that um in my observation of the 22 years what i've learned i've learned nothing and it's because i i said that to say that you are always evolving and one of the things that i admire so much about you is the fact that you know, uh, I've gone through my my changes. I've gone through so many ups and downs, fabs, and all, all these things that you know um, that have come about. And and you've never, I think, one of the things that I could definitely appreciate so much of what you you've been to me is that you've never judged me through any of those moments of life you know you've never criticized me to say well you know um you're doing things wrong or whatever but you just kind of like let me be you know um you know that at times uh, in my in my uh, evolution if i should say uh, i mean totally totally dysfunctional background right like angry frustrated um not having any sense of value or worth in, in in many ways um and 
in, in, in this idea of development and growth, you allowed me to be, and, and that is frightening for many women, I think, uh, because they, they're, they're as women who are, are wanted to change their husband. Mm-hmm. What gave you that resolve, right? To, to say like, I'm not going to change him. What, what was your thinking behind that? Because I, by you not judging me, it gave me space, right? But I mean, you're talking from a very sarcastic person that I, that, that I was and at times I feel that I still struggle with that, right? Um, but what was it that, that allowed you to just not harp on me to like be the man that you thought that I needed to be and just gave me that freedom? What, what, what empowered you? So... Early on in our, our marriage, um, I came across the book, The Power of the Praying Wife. And that book really transformed my prayer life. Um, it transformed my, my words and how I spoke um, to you. And, and there was always like this expectation of of what I expected from you and it was wrong and God began to work within me and my prayers changed because as God began to work in me I was able to understand you and began through me to understand you to work through you so God could work through you it was only through my prayers all the things that I would feel and things I couldn't understand, I would bring it to the Lord because I knew I couldn't bring it to you because I had tried on my own and it didn't work. And, you know, it brought more, you know, tension and and everything. But I brought and I poured my heart to God. And so my prayer life began to grow and it grows stronger so that God can work in me and show through God's love to me, it transpired to you and to love you and to pour that love because there was so much hurt and wounds and things that maybe you didn't even understand. So if I didn't understand and you didn't understand, only God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it could only be God. And so God began to work and began to transform and began to heal and began to pour out. So that love that was poured out to me, I was able to pour that love to you. What, were you not afraid of losing control? Or was that, that was the point that you needed to like relinquish your control and let God just... It, it, was, it, was, it was all God. I... I gave it to him because I truly had no idea how to understand you in my own strength. I had no idea. Yeah, I think. But yeah, through him. Yeah, I think for people who like may not have a context to this, like, is that, you know, I, I grew up without a dad and uh, the male models, role models that I had were really bad. So I have, I had a very poor image of women and you know I'm, I'm talking the most dysfunctional human being that you could possibly ever come across you know of a man and, and here is this very um well um 
formidable person that you are and now i felt like you you that you were stuck with me right but but it's it's one of the things that has really uh amazed me about you is is your evolution and 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 i use that word to say like like you're not the same woman when you were 24 and Mm -hmm. your needs have changed and that is the reason why i said that i don't know that i don't learn i didn't learn that i'm still learning Mm -hmm. and it's because the woman who you are now at 24 with no children is is a very different woman that you are now your your needs your your mind your spirit has evolved what have you done that has allowed this growth to happen in your life Again, my prayer life, um, my studying of the word, um, because there was nothing that you could do to fulfill my needs. I understood that. I didn't understand that back when I was 24 in our beginning of our marriage. But now I understand that, that my needs only come from the Lord. And so in order for me to be your helper and your support and your encourager, all the things that a wife ought to be to respect you as a man, it it only comes from God. It only came through my studying and seeking God's face and studying his word and, and just the journey of of our of our marriage i think that one of the things that I, I i love and admire so much about you is is definitely your faith and it has never wavered throughout all mm-hmm. these years you know um for many years that you led in worship and in singing and 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 there is a deeper sense of who you are now that i'm aware of because I've seen you go through some really difficult storms. I've seen mm-hmm. you go through some painful experiences and you you just get better with time. You just evolve. You just have a, a more profound way about who you are, you know? Um, and so it's, 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 it's very interesting that through the pandemic, right? Like many people actually got divorced. Many marriages mm-hmm. were destroyed. And one of the things is like the the love that you display towards me throughout our journey, I've never felt um, threatened or I never felt like I needed to exploit that. What that did for me instead was to like, wow, this woman loves me like unconditional. Like she's not trying to just, you know, constantly um, badger me or just put me down. But instead it allowed me to see you as that natural person that is like, wait, wait she's my partner in life like i'm not superior than her i'm not better than her and it goes through the scripture where it says husbands love your wives mm-hmm. right and so our, our our relationship really took a different turn took a different mm-hmm. change and so the thing for me that is that is constant is that why because it's very rare to find right like and, and I'm not just singing your praises here because I see you live it, right? It, it's who you are. That you're, why that conviction about God, right? Because it's unheard of today, but 
particularly many Christian, so-called Christian marriages, like, what's with that conviction? Like, you, you really believe and hold on to this, and, and I don't, I don't mean to put it in in such a in, in a questionable frame, right, Greg? But it's rare to see your integrity, your character. It's because I've seen you live it. It's, it's a living testimony. Why? Where, where does that come from? I could only say that I had an encounter with the Lord. And the experience that is sometimes hard to describe but it was his presence. And in his presence, there was so much love. And what it made me feel was so unworthy mm. of that love. And that encounter with Christ changed my life. I, I just knew that I could never live without him. Mm. I couldn't walk away. The price that he paid on that cross for me and for every humanity, the gift that he gives, there's nothing more beautiful, nothing more than, than his unconditional love. It's, it, it's beautiful to to hear that because I think that quite often we don't hear it enough and through the pandemic that we went through um, you and I had the, the ability to to produce you know a, a musical and write some books and I loved how you structured our family with a schedule and you know how we would go for walks and how we we did singing or with the studying or whatever it was that we kept our girls engaged right and with this collaboration and this sense that we were like locked down and you know mm -hmm. but I feel like when we got through it like our marriage was stronger for it you know there mm -hmm. was a lot of healing there was a lot of you know um transparency restoration, restoration. there was a lot of things that we open our heart to, to be vulnerable we were birthed new things were birthed yeah. through that experience. this this podcast was was birthed podcast, through that right your book. yeah so um and so for me, it's like we're tackling, I know that the element of faith, right? And people maybe want to hear like, what's the practical element? And for me, it's this, right? There is no practical element without God being the center of that, right? But some of the things that I feel like um, that I want to ask you kind of like in a quick questions, kind of like a round, right? Like um, things that impacted you in your marriage, right? Like what were some of the things that really that you have learned in, in your 22 years, like Something like, um, in the sense of the everyday of marriage. What What are some of the things that you learned in in your twenty two years? Um, I learned that your emotions every day change. <laughs> you know, you can have a a great day, and you know, everything goes smooth. You know, work was good kids were good, got food on the table, you got money in your pocket, and then the next day, it changes. You wake up late, you're edgy, you got a stain on your dress, 
and you go to work and your boss gives you a whole load of new projects that have to be done and you come home and you're tired. And then as a wife, you got to come home and if your husband doesn't cook or doesn't get home before you and you got kids, then you got to, you know, cook <laughs> and do all the other things and you're tired. And so, you know, one day you're happy, one day you're exhausted and you can be a little snappy. And so learning that those emotions are real, mm -hmm. but your home is your peace and your refuge from the chaos of the world. And your home is where you and your husband, your family abide. Mm -hmm. God's love abides there. So yeah, we can have, you know, our ups and downs and how we're feeling, but that love doesn't change. You know, you still love, yeah, you know, you're tired, but you still love because your love doesn't come from, um, from your spouse expecting that love like all the time. No, your love comes from God. That's primarity. And so that love is what, you know, carries you through and understanding each other, um, helping each other, saying, you know, I feel this way. Um, I feel, you know, I'm tired and letting your, your partner know that, um, how you're feeling and that he understands where, where are you coming from? You know, I don't mean to be edgy or, or snappy. I had a, a hard day at work and, um, but that within each other, you have uh, a sense of like that support. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if many don't have that, that support. And that's where you need to go and bring it to God. You need to go and, and pray for your spouse because that's the only thing that's going to get you through. Um, but yeah, to be like, feel, you know, being vulnerable and saying, I need a hug. <laughs> so true. Right? I need a hug. And I know Faith, Faith just did that today. She just came over to me and she said, Daddy, I, I, I need a hug. Right? She does that all the time. Yeah. But, but it's true. Like that's just that human touch of connection um, to let, you know, the other person know I'm here for you. And sometimes, you know, if you don't do that all the time, you gotta, you gotta check that mm -hmm. because that human touch is important. You know, the holding of the hand or, you know, the caress of, a, of your, of your back, you know, um, to let them know I'm here, right. you know, I hear you, I, you're, you're seen and you're loved, you're important, right? right? Um, and sometimes if, if that doesn't happen all the time, yeah, I think that if you're connected with God, that's going to make you want to do that. That's going to make you to reach out and say, can I give me a hug? Can I, can I give you a hug? <laughs> right? No, I, I, I think it's so good. And it made me think a couple of things. Like we've always 
thought of our home as a sanctuary. And so many times mm-hmm. when I had a bad day, like I would just take the long run home or I would wait until I was ready mm-hmm. to come in and make sure that my family was not going to pay for the broken dishes at work or whatever. But, you know, there are moments, two things that I think I want to say is this, that there are times that I've come home and I was tired and you saw it in my face and I was yeah. cranky. Yeah. And you say, you know what? Go take a nap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and there, there, there was... But 22 years, yeah, tw- yeah. you, you, you figured that out. I was like, yeah. no, I think he needs a nap. Yeah. And you said it. You were very adamant. You said, no, go take a nap. You're, you're not good right now. Yeah, and, that's, and that's exactly what I needed that day. I went. I took like about an hour and a half nap or two hours. And I felt much better. And I came over to you and I said, thank you. Thank you for yeah. letting me rest. Right. But here's the other thing. One of the things that we learned early was that when we have to make major decisions or anything that you was pressing, right? Like I remember like in our first years of marriage, you would like push me to like deal with some issues at home, right? Like like what situations or you would ask me questions and I, and I told you like, don't ask me when I'm tired. Don't ask me when I'm hungry, right? And, and yeah. so I I've, I've saw when you made that shift and, and, and how did you not take it as a, like as a threat? How did you not take it? How, how did you interpret that? Because that has been a big factor in, in our right, marriage. Right, because it could sound like a rejection. Yeah. You know, but I, I figured that out quick because I knew that I wasn't going to get, you know, um, a clear, calm answer about whatever it may be, even though it was something important. Um, but I, I figured that out and you said it, I think you said, um, it's not the right time because I'm not going to give you an answer. That's gonna, you know, that's going to be a good yeah, one. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give an answer to get rid of rush, you. Right. right. To, to brush off the, the question or whatever it may be. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of that. I think that we have like those epiphany moments, right, where the light bulb goes on, right? And and I share this in the podcast many times where um, I remember just, again, 22 years, right? Like it, just this year, I think it was, where you're just letting me know about your day and you just said, listen, I don't need you to solve the problem. I just need you to listen. How, how, how important is that? You know, like, like, yeah. like I think that we, we hear we don't listen, right? Because listening takes a different skill. Listening, I think that for me, listening takes a lot of all the other senses, right? Like you have to look at the person's body language. That says a lot, right? That's really focus and pain. You got to pay to all the attention to all the nuances to go on in a conversation, tone, inflection, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things are so critical when engaging at home in conversation. But when you said to me, I don't need you to solve the problem. I just need you to listen. To me, that was like the light bulb. Oh, it's like, because that's just me, right? Like I need to always try to figure out how I'm going to solve this. My brain is always going. But why is that important? Do you think in matters? Why do you think that many marriages actually fall because no one is listening and everyone just trying to be heard? Yeah, I'm trying to be heard and interrupting the other person because now what you have to say is more important than what what I'm trying to to say to you or vice versa. Um, and it's it is you need you need to to hear what the person is saying um, before you know you give an answer or want to resolve. Um, and there are times that I've asked you, um, what do you think, uh, 
How would you, you know, put on your leadership mm -hmm. hat and what would you Absolutely. think about this? And I think that's a really great point to make because I think this quite often is like, it's not the fact that you were shutting me down, but no. it's because you validate me sometimes, many times. And then it's like, okay, and then I, how are we going to fix this problem? Right? Like how yeah. can, can you give me some thoughts into this? And so that, that has helped, um, just in a lot of, um, you know, reading books and, and, um, listening to uh, messages of about marriage, you know, Christian found um, and things of that has helped, you know, to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I need to, I need to do that. I need to pay attention to when he's saying and, you know, being open and vulnerable about what he's feeling. And then not necessarily, because you, you'll tell me, You know, I don't need you to, to, you know, I know the answer. I'm just letting mm -hmm. you know how I'm feeling right. and not, you know, because I always go to, well, the word, you know, <laughs> says and God, yeah. you know, and everything. And, and there are times, you know, that it's like, no, I just, okay. And you just put on your holy, your holy <laughs> hearing to, to listen to what your heart is saying. Yeah. I, I think that is so good to think about. The other thing that I think has helped us in many ways too is the the repetition, right, of the question, right? Like many times in, in communicating, mm -hmm. um, you might be saying something very passionately and, and you might be trying to make a point or we are having a discussion. But I think one of the things that we learned is that when you're speaking to me, there are moments if the, if the conversation is getting a little elevated, it's like, wait a minute, is when you're saying right now, this is how I am understanding, understanding. it. And it's almost like repeating the phrase again, right? And then it's, is that what you mean? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, no, I, I didn't mean it that. I don't mean that. So what is it? And I think- Or when, or when you tell me, um, you know, you raised your voice and it's like, no, I didn't. And, I'm, and then you're like, no, but you're saying it. So it seems like, you know, you, you're- upset or mm -hmm. getting edgy about it and that's the tone it's right like, no that's not yeah. that's yeah. not what i mean mm -hmm. i'm just trying to explain you know and that's the tone right i mean we we communicate so much with tone mm -hmm. right it's that our, our elevation our content according to some data content of what we really share is only seven percent tone is like 37 right like so there is a big way like we can change and impact our relationship it would just perhaps address the tone but going back and asking for that sense of like is this what you're trying to this is what i'm understanding that has been a game changer in our marriage right it has alleviated like arguments to go mm -hmm. to the next level right yeah. and so there are also moments i think you 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 touched on this before um something about the human touch Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think it was last week. Um, I was really down and out. I had a lot of stuff in my mind, felt really discouraged. And I'm just sitting in the sofa with a cup of coffee and just thinking and just, you know, meditating and praying. And you came over, you sat next to me, mm -hmm. you laid in my chest and you just pray for me. And you just, you know, poured so much of yourself into me at that moment mm -hmm. and I continued to do what I had to do next and it was so man it, it is so uplifting 
that you notice how I was feeling and what I needed. It wasn't a lecture. It wasn't a Bible verse to, to come down on me. It was the human touch. It was your head to hear my heartbeat. It was your assurance that you're next to me and that you're with me in this journey. Um, and your word of prayer to just encourage me to keep on going. Why? Where does that come from? How did you how did you come to the point of not just leaving me there? Because there are moments that I think that sometimes in marriage you just need to leave your spouse yeah. to to be. But then there are moments when you yeah. feel how do, how are you able to distinguish between the two when it's like I'm gonna leave Edmund alone right now because he needs to go through this to like I need to go sit next to him and just pray over him and just let him know just love on him how how do you able to distinguish between the two It's the Holy Spirit mm. and because we have that oneness um, I sense all what you feel I I have that I sense it. And there are times where the Holy Spirit says, okay, wait, you know, just, you know, uh, in your own time, you know, just continue to pray. And then the Holy Spirit just told me, go, go and pray for him. Go. And that's what, that's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, it, it is beautiful. I mean, I, I, for me, it's one of the most impactful things that have really made me appreciate you more in many ways and so staying within the topic of of like the support aspect in our marriage there there are many women or many men who may not be in a good relationship right now there seems to be disagreements a lot when you have children it just changes the entire you know you're talking about the economy the way it is now you're talking about so many changes in society everything is so polarizing right and parents parents we have such uh, a most difficult challenge and you know it's so hard to cover all the stuff that's in marriage that goes on in life in in one episode of a podcast right but um it, it is just we're so bombarded with so much information that i feel like everyone is on edge i feel like people come home weary tired wearing the day right and so there's conflict after conflict, argument after argument. Um, how, how do you manage to not bring those conflicts into the house? How do you manage your day that you are able to say like, you know, this belongs here. It's that it's you're compartmentalizing certain things. But what, what do you think has been the key to keeping our home free from that because it sneaks in at times yeah yeah because i mean we're human right and you know there are there have been seasons where it's been really hard and i and i feel like there's always like this this balance where if i'm being attacked by the enemy or there's just things happening then you encourage me mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. vice versa you know, when you're under, you know, things, then I'm covering you. So there's this, you know, yeah, balance yeah. between the two. But I think that because of 22 years, we have learned and grown together, but also separately as individuals mm. in our relationship with the Lord to know 
where okay this is this is what's happening and i need you to to pray for me i need you to you know to help me through this and and i think that we have been both honest and open and not hide not to worry each other you know if i if i if i bring it and i speak and i tell you this is what i'm feeling this is what's going on then i know you're going to cover me you're not going to shame right, me you're not going to judge me judge me and and we've had we have that you know because that's where we're at in 22 years yeah you said something beautiful i think that i like to highlight it is that you, you don't lose your individual individuality right you don't lose yourself and i think that a lot of times in the sense of trying to accomplish something together a person can lose themselves in their marriage they forget about themselves they forget about their aspirations their dreams their mm-hmm. longings and one of the things that for me is very careful to always say is like i don't you know i don't like using the word like you're my wife right because i still see you as an individual creator in the image of god a person who still has dreams and longings and desires right and then there is the collective union right like we're working we become one right mm-hmm. that that we lead our family right but how important is it to you that because you said there are things that we work collectively but then there are things that we grow in individually and that is so true right. like what i've seen in the last particularly the last 10 years over your life has been where you've committed yourself to just grow grow mm-hmm. as a woman grow as a mother grow as a wife and and i've seen your maturity over the years right but why is that important to you like because for me i i, I feel like you love your family there's a perfect balance in that that you love your family and that you'll do anything for your family but at the same time you're making that time for yourself how how has that been for you because you've given me you've celebrated whatever you want to do you want to um work on then do it you know i you, you i have your support and i have supported you and i think that because we have supported each other in in our dreams and ideas that we have then we can you know you you allow like it's allowed to to be in, an individual and do the things that God is calling you to do then you bring it and you're like look i'm feeling this you know God is you know saying to to work on this ministry uh, you know and and yeah and you have i have your support um I think that's important that you know that you can your spouse has your back and supporting you in your in your growth but you're always growing together like, like yeah it's individual but you're growing together and then it's just it just works I mean, one of the things that I love is in our growth has been to really embrace literature you know and one of the things that I'm 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 really I really love is that you know if I'm reading a book you'll come back and say what are you reading yeah. you know and it's like I'm reading this it's like oh can I read that you know mm-hmm. and and I'll kind of like know I know you're ready to know whether you're really going to love this book or like you're going to work through it you know because their their books have just have different aspects that really 
impact your life, right? Yeah. But you, you've you also read some books that say, hey, you got to read this, hun. Like, you know, right. and so there's this exchange. And yeah. in the exchange of, of, of literature and the exchange of thought and the exchange of mm-hmm. interest, there is this mutual reciprocated growth that goes on in our marriage, right? right? And so we learn that if I grow, you grow. Yeah. If yeah. you grow, I grow. Yeah. And here's the kicker. Because we're both growing, what do you think is going to happen then? Our children, they're going to grow, right? So parenting in itself, like we're just talking about marriage. We haven't even touched anything about parenting, which we probably should really think about what our next couple of things are going to be. But that's, that's I'm just having, um, just thinking out loud, right? But yeah. I love bringing your voice into this because I think that there is an element that you as, as a woman bring into, you are a professional, you're a mother, you're a wife, all of these things, you're full time. And so it's, it's counter the culture, you know, and everything that you do, you do it in, in such excellence, in such commitment, your balance, your discipline about what time you go to bed, your discipline about going up in the morning, your discipline with spending time with the girls, your discipline and all these things. And I've seen that as an impact. How, what is it that, that marriages are missing or women are missing out perhaps in today's world? Because there's a lot of more demand on women now. There, there's a lot of more pressure to perform. You know, so sometimes motherhood is frowned upon. Sometimes getting marriage, people see it as a way of holding their career back. What has been your experience? Because from the beginning, you said that you, you loved when you got married. You knew yeah. you were committed to a lifetime right. being spent. Right. Well, notice those words. Those are those are very, very interesting, right? That you, in your mind, have already committed to what you decided to. So how, how, how have you been able to do that? And still, 22 years later, feel, find so much joy and fulfillment in being a professional, being a wife, being a mother, being a great daughter, a friend, how do you find that? What What is it? <laughs> I mean, I think that is just my relationship with the Lord. I, I don't, I don't know another answer, but God being the center of it all, just being number one, that that's, that that's my, you know, my heart's desire is just to be in his will and, and to be led in, in the purpose and the calling that God has for me. And that has what has kept me. I, the ideas of, of becoming a mother, for example, I didn't know anything about babies and 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 any any of it i didn't know how to change a diaper nothing and when we decided you know okay you know let's try and we conceived and and during that time of my firstborn it was beautiful it was um i loved being pregnant i loved the experience of having life within and this intimate experience mm-hmm. that I had with my, with my, with my girls. 
And I prayed. I said, Lord, as a first time mm-hmm. mom, I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I need you to help me through it. I need you to teach me how to be a mother. I need you to teach me how to be a mother to my daughter. And he did, you know, in everything. I used to talk because, you know, when you're a first-time mom, you're, you, you're learning everything. Yeah. And I used to talk to, to Faith when she was, you know, weeks old. And I'm like, okay, we got to work together. So you have to let me know what you need. And I would talk to her like that. And is it, you know, and is it gas? Is it, you know, <laughs> hungry, hungry yeah. and all those things. And just that, I just felt that God taught me all the things of being a wife, of being a mother, of being a, a friend, of being a sister, of being an employee right all all the things and he has really taught me and i'm still learning yeah (laughs) i i i definitely can recall your your exuberance and your joy of you you literally we you know usually hear that phrase like whenever you see a pregnant woman oh you're glowing but uh i remember your face and i remember how much you really loved and enjoyed being um pregnant mm-hmm. and you know and you have different experiences with both the girls but yeah. um it was definitely one of those things that you said wow like you know you really enjoyed it and, and i love the mm-hmm. fact that you said that being vulnerable you didn't have the answers you didn't know what was going to happen but that yeah. your heart was so open to ask god for help and be vulnerable and to say i don't know what i'm doing here and that is so rare to hear because I think in the world that we're so pressured, we're supposed to provide all the perfect answers that we have it all together. And that's not it's not the case. I think that even today, still learning to say, God, I I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, um, help me. You know, yeah. there is the sense that you're relinquishing your, your, your power, your control. Right. right. And it goes back again to the sense of like this idea of control is, is from a place of insecurity. You, mm-hmm. you know, like a spouse trying to control another spouse or yeah. like you're trying to control your job. You're trying to control your future. They all are control, said, your, control kids. your kids. Right. And, and it's like they all stem from a, a place of insecurity because the moment you don't have that control, you feel that everything's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. But the idea that you were so vulnerable and open your heart and said, like, God, like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. help me, teach me. And that has been literally like my life in moments where... I feel like I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm stepping into something. What's the best thing that can happen is that I'm going to fail. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow from this, right? And so in marriage, you come across many different things. You come across issues with communication, with money. Uh, And by the way, like they say money issues are, are really communication problems, you're not mm-hmm. on the same page. And and that mm-hmm. will probably be a topic for a whole other discussion, right? Like, because we've had a share from, from you know, losing so much money and, and bad yeah. investments, poor decision making and stuff like that. But I want to I wanna kind of like draw this almost to a close, right? Like, so conflict, conflict in marriage, conflict in the home, right? How have you identified when something is finally resolved? Right. When have you felt when in an argument like it was handled properly and it was finally resolved? 
you know, so for me, uh, matters where I perhaps had discussion with money. So we're to on, on, on the topic of that, right? Uh, I shared a, <laughs> an experience where um, I feel very, if, if anybody ever, has ever been kind of like, you know, had in the sense of um, somebody like just hustling you, you know, and I, I spoke in another episode how I, I felt completely ashamed and embarrassed. Like we, we went a really bad financial position and I was hustled with this guy who sold me these jackets that didn't even fit and I paid like about a hundred bucks for these things and I didn't even tell you and stuff like that and you found the jackets mm-hmm. I had to explain myself to you right and like you were really upset right? like we didn't have much money and you know and, and so here I am making this decision right like how did you know at what point that it was like we dealt with it it's done it's resolved how did you get how did you know that I think my you remember right like you, you remember that yeah, I think that your face of feeling like you let me down or you let you know us mm-hmm. down because we had faith at the time to that that was enough to mm. be like like you how how you had messed up I didn't have to say anything right. about adding on to it and and then I just had to let it go. Mm. I wasn't gonna hold that, yeah, from you because that's just not who I am. Yeah, but that's that's powerful though, right? Like what you're saying is like your embarrassment and your shame was enough of a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why didn't you continue to throw it in my face? Why didn't you continue to like, like, don't make another stupid decision like that again. Like, because I never heard about it again. You never never threw it in my face. You never mentioned it again. You, you, you just like, how? I, I just, I just know that it wasn't right to mention it again. It, it was enough like with with your how you were feeling about it for me to like no that's you know god you take care of yeah. that yeah i think i, I th- couldn't i couldn't i couldn't touch it that wasn't i was like Mm-mm. i think the sense that for me was that hit me was the sense of like if anybody's ever been hustled like the shame like you've been had and it's like man i'm smarter than that i'm better than that but the fact that we really didn't have a lot of money right and then every little penny counted and i just misused it for a sense of of something that appealed to me to be a good deal right like man that was hard that Mm -hmm. was hard and and so you go through life um win some lose some right and you never we've committed ourselves to never blame each other yeah. Why? why 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 was it that we came to terms you remember why we we came to the conclusion as to no one wins mm. in blaming or bringing up i told you so that kind of nobody wins in that if you want it if you want this marriage to work if you want it to withstand you have to let it go and give it to god and bring healing and restoration you can't expect the other person to 
you know, um, cause it's just like badgering, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're on, just beating a dead horse. Be- right. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not, you're not going to get anything good out of that. All you're doing is, is, is bringing more hurt. You don't want that. I think one of the things that we spoke about was how big, when we make a decision that we wouldn't play the blaming game. Yeah. That we made the decisions together. Mm-hmm. And so that eliminated a lot of the fact that if it doesn't go well, like this was your choice, this is what you wanted, and that but we were But all decisions mm-hmm. that we made, we made them together. Yeah. It was it was never me making a decision without without you knowing. Mm-hmm. No, I felt that that's not right. Mm-hmm. All decisions were brought together, you know. We made them together, whether you know they they fell apart or or it worked out, but they were made together. Yeah, I, I is it is it more important to be right or, or to have peace in your marriage? Of course, have peace. It doesn't to be right to win an argument. What does that get? It, you don't get nothing out of mm. it. No, you want peace. You want harmony between you know what you have that's the covenant the marriage the promise that you you made to each other that's that's bigger than being right and i feel like that's you know pride gets in that and that's sin i think that now that you mentioned pride i think that most of marriages, in a sense, lose their way because of pride. Mm-hmm. I think the the sense of wanted to be right or just wanted to be in control or not admitting that being vulnerable, pride is 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 is, is a very destructive element in, in marriages. You know, it it makes us more individualistic. It makes us more selfish. It makes us more vicious and more harmful towards the people that we claim to love. You know, um, neglecting or removed or being present and absent, you know. Um, And so pride in itself, even when we make a mistake, can alienate us and can make us feel completely alone and and, and very uh, desolated in, in an environment, you know. And so I feel that there's a lot of people... A lot of marriages who are going through some tough moments today, you know, um, I wanted you to share your story a little bit and your perspective, because I think that hearing your voice adds so much more depth into what I share about marriage Mm -hmm. and fatherhood and how for me. I will always remember when I wanted to drop out of college because it got really tough on me and things were really bad and we didn't have no money. And I remember you telling me the words, you know, you're not, you're going to finish because I believe in you and your daughter Mm -hmm. believes in you. And as a man, I can't tell you how to this day, that moment that was so vital in my life that you were able to stand there by my side and encourage me. And I say, well, you know, here you're spending all this money, you better finish. Those were not the words that came out Mm -hmm. of your mouth. It was the word that you encouraged me, you believed in me. And at times men need to hear that. 
Mm-hmm. As men, we need to hear like you're doing a great job, and it's not that yeah, you're that. cowarding down or like you're stroking a male's ego. It's just that it's validation that mm-hmm. the person right. who you lay next to, the person who holds you, that you share your dreams with, and and, you, and your longings and your desire, your most intimate part of you, can stand by your side and not condemn you, but to encourage you. And I think that is so powerful, and I think it's missing today. So I want to I want to finish with these last three things. Okay, just just really quick thoughts about this, okay? What do you what do you like or what do you love, I should say? What do you love most about being married? What I love most about being married to you mm-hmm. is um how you love me in the good and in in the bad and with all my flaws you you stand with me you listen to me you pray for me you cheer me on um yeah and i guess so much more <laughs> I mean, 22 years. Yeah. I think for me, what I love most about being married is that I have, I get up, I get to have the opportunity to spend a lifetime with someone that's ever changing, you know, and to come home and to know that you have somebody waiting for you that loves you. You know, when you're not home, I miss the laughter, the scent. There's something that just feels empty and vacant, you know. When we are away from each other for a long time, uh, it, it just just feels so apart. You know, you feel like you're you're missing yourself. Is you know that's that's how profound it is. But it's one of the most beautiful life journeys that I definitely can. I can't see my life without you. You know and. God forbid the day we get to old age and um, either once goes, you know, it's like your soul is dying, you know. And so I want to make sure that the next 22 years of our lives are the best years yet. Just 22. Well, <laughs> that would put us at 44. So and mom and dad have 52 years. So we have a long way to go. Right. But, um, you know, it, it's it's definitely the journey that you you spend with some a lifetime journey and seeing them grow and seeing the person that you love so much mature and change and evolve and mm-hmm. you know that you smile you cry you cry when you smile and you think about you look back and see the faithfulness of God all over your life you know um second question quickly is what do you dislike m- about marriage and I, I say in the context of overall the institution or how marriage has been presented, how people perceive marriage nowadays. What, what is something that you really dislike about? Perhaps that will be a better question. How, how do you feel how people treat marriage today? You can't just walk away. Marriage is a covenant. It's a promise that you make to each other before God. 
and it's it's not easy you know marriage is hard but if you can withstand god being the center god being number one putting aside pride loving selflessly then you can you can get through it you know you can ask for forgiveness and you can make it work it can it can it we've seen it we've seen it but it's not about you and it's not about me it's about each other together you have someone who a couple who's getting ready to be married and they're they're just so in love and the mm-hmm. stages of uh, what is described as a, as an infatuation <laughs> what would be your advice to a young a young girl who's about to get married what would you tell her pray for him mm. pray for his heart but pray so that god begins to teach you mm-hmm. how to be his partner in life how to understand him how to love him mm-hmm. make god number one. put him first don't expect your spouse to fulfill your needs mm-hmm. God is the only one that can ever fulfill those needs. And speak to other seasoned godly women who are married. Look for mentors, you know, godly women who who've been married for a long time. Listen to their story. They have a lot of wisdom. You can learn a lot from just listening to their story. And it's okay, you know, if we mess, you know, we mess up or you know, we're it's okay because if he loves you, he's going to understand you ask for forgiveness, right? From each other. And just work through it. Communicate. You got to communicate. That's like the foundation of, of a relationship. Communicate. You have women right now who are married. And I don't think we want to make light of any situation or some of the, if women find themselves in, a, in abusive relationships or physically, verbally, um, but you got to get help. You have to get professional help, but you have women who are giving up on their husbands. Um, they have women who are trying to balance a career, a home, and everything that we spoke about before. 
what would you say to those women like as well? Like they need to be encouraged and they need to, you know, all the challenges that are facing today. Like what, what, what would you share with them? What would you say to them to encourage their heart? Well, besides over everything that I've already shared, um, I think finding a community of women to, um, to pray together, to encourage, um, each other um and then also if if you need to find counseling then 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 go do it if you want to save your marriage you know don't stop fighting for your marriage but if there's things that need you know counseling go look for it i want to thank you for being with me today. This was great. <laughs> I I am truly blessed and I feel like the luckiest and most blessed man in the world. Our, our journey has a long way to go in life, but you are an incredible woman. You are an incredible mother, wife, and I am a better man because of you. And everything that I've been able to accomplish in life has been because you have been my number one cheerleader and supporter. And I'm just so blessed and honored that you're in my life and that you allowed me to be your husband for 22 years. <laughs> um, you know, I would love to have you next time come in and because we didn't talk, even talk about parenting and there's so many other things that go on in marriages that we didn't even get to and so i want to say thank you for for joining me today um and i hope that as you listen to this uh, my beautiful people that you understand that you know there's been a lot of work um in our marriage moments that we had we needed counseling moments that we needed to see for help and mentors so we just barely scratched the surface in on what our marriage is but one of the most important things that I want you to walk away with is that there's always hope there's always hope as long as you have God by your side there is always hope as long as we um, put our pride aside that you know to love unconditionally it is one of the most important things to support each other uh, we need fathers in our homes we need our marriages to be stronger for our children for our communities and so Today was in a very special day because, you know, I had beautiful Betsy uh, spend a few minutes with us and, and I hope that this episode has blessed your heart, what we learned in the 22 years and she will definitely join me in future ones when we talk a little bit about parenting as well because I think that we need to have that discussion as well as to how to raise two teenage, two, two girls in, in this world and you know we have one that's 16 and one is 10 and they're both um, very different you know in personality and in needs and so but our commitment that we put everything to the side in order for us to focus on making our home our priority so thank you so much for being here i love you I love um you too. You're, you're you're the best you, I, I don't know what else to say but <laughs> but thank you for doing this so i leave you with our quote of the day and our quote of the day comes from norman wright um, from his book Before You Say I Do and this quote is love is an unconditional commitment to an, an imperfect person remember never compromise integrity for comfort stay strong bye bye <laughs>